Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, those of you here in the room, those of you joining us online, we're glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, that God meets us right here as we gather together to worship him. So let's bow our heads and let's pray to him as we begin. Thank you, God. We, we are grateful for your love for us, for the opportunity. Ooh, got it. Thankful for microphones that feed back. And uh, anyway, God, we are grateful for the chance to worship you and uh, the chance to uh, center our hearts and thoughts on you. Whether we're here thinking about Father's Day or thinking about Juneteenth or just thinking about getting, it, getting through another day, God, we are grateful uh, for the chance to worship, the, the chance to, to turn to you, the chance to reach out to you. Uh, your word tells us that you are not far from any of us, that it is your hope that we will reach out to you and find you. Uh, and so, God, today I pray that as we turn our hearts and our thoughts toward you, that you would be present with us here, that we would find you here, uh, that we would hear you speaking to us, whatever it is that we need to hear today, whether it's words of encouragement or challenge or whatever it might be, that we might meet our gracious and good God. Thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being here with us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, if you're here in the room, uh, if you're interested and able, let's stand and let's sing.
In order of honor, excuse me, of Father's Day, I have a little verse from Psalms 103, uh, verse 13. Just as a father loves his children, so the Lord loves those who fear and worship him with awe-filled respect and deepest reverence.
Listen along with me to Psalm 146. It says, praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. Don't put your confidence in powerful people. There's no hope, help for you there. When they breathe their last, they return to the earth and all of their plans die with them. But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He keeps every promise forever. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plans of the wicked. The Lord will reign forever. He will be our God, O Jerusalem, throughout the generations. Pray with me, will you? Lord, we do praise you for being a God who cares for those who are downtrodden, for those who are marginalized, for those who are oppressed. Whether it be by people or by systems, Lord, you are there with them and you care about what happens to them. Lord, we thank you for being a good father on this Father's Day. Lord, sometimes for some of us, Father's Day can be difficult. It really can. But Lord, thank you for being that good father who never leaves us, never forsakes us, never forgets his promises, never fails, no matter what things may look like on the outside. Lord, we know that in your good time and in your perfect love and your perfect justice and your perfect mercy, your perfect grace, that you are working all things for our good and your glory. Lord, we thank you for gathering us here this morning, for each and every person who's here, for those who are in this building, for those who are joining us online or who will join us later, Lord. We thank you for each and every one for bringing us together in community this morning, Lord. It's a good thing, and we praise you for it. Now be with us the rest of this service. Be with each person who is able to be here and those who aren't. For those who will watch this online later, Lord, we just are so thankful. Pour out your blessings on each one, blessings that they have never experienced before, Lord. And for all that you have already done, for all that you're going to do and just for who you are, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Now take a few minutes, just a couple few, and greet each other with the peace of the Lord. Oh, okay. 
Today is a little bit different because uh, we're having breakfast in between the services. We do this about once a month in the summer, and we didn't get to do that all for the last couple of years. So uh, we're glad to be able to do that again today, and thanks to uh, the guys that are still, I think, back in the kitchen uh, working on it right now. Um, so I think there's some biscuits and gravy and sausage, and I, I saw orange juice, and I don't know what all's, what all's coming, but uh, I do know there's no bacon. Sorry. I was hopeful. I mentioned it and I asked him, and he just, oh, you know, he said, can't, can't do bacon, not this Sunday. If there's any of you out there that just loves bacon, loves making bacon, we'll be doing this again on uh, July, July 10th. So if you want to make the bacon and bring it, you could do that. Just, just let us know. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I'd, I'd love that. We, uh, just a suggestion. Um, if, uh, if we'd love to hear from you, um, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. Let us know you're with us. Or if you're here in the room, you can uh, just go back there. There's some little green cards back by the offering box, and you can drop them in there. Let us know that you're with us. Uh, if you have a question or if you have a prayer request, something that's going on, and, and uh, you would love some, uh, some prayer, or maybe you're thanking God for something. You just want to share it with other people. Uh, you can use that card for anything like that. Just make sure it goes in the offering box so that we can uh, follow up with you this week. And, um, uh, or do it online, and uh, you can give there in that box. You can give uh, online as well. Uh, that'd, be, that'd be much appreciated, obviously. Thank you to all of you who so faithfully give to support the work of this church here and around the world, uh, the day-to-day ministries, and then you guys also give to special projects. You know, you guys uh, give a bunch to, to World Vision when we do the 6K, and you give a bunch to Habitat when we do that. You just gave a whole bunch of money. I'll, we'll find out how much to uh, the Women's Center in the month of May. Uh, they, they'll get back to us. They just picked those bottles up this last week, I think. So if any of you wrote a check and you're wondering why that hadn't been cashed yet, they've, they've got them now. I'm sure it'll be cashed any second now. But um, when we collected money over the whole month of May, I realized like, oh, yeah, and it takes them like a week to get it. And some of you might have uh, written a check the very first week and are wondering what happened. So anyway, that's what's happened. They've got it. Uh, so happy Father's Day to all of you uh, out there. And, and I don't know about you. I, I hope everybody has a happy Father's Day. If I tell you happy Father's Day and, you know, like you don't have kids or you're a woman or, you know, anything like that, it's not, it's not, I'm just wanting you to have a happy day and it's Father's Day, all right? Just like if I say happy Juneteenth, right? It's Juneteenth whether, uh, uh, whether you're white, black, or anybody else, right? It's, it's Juneteenth for all of us. So, um, which I know that's a holiday that is kind of new for many of us, um, was it last year or the year before that it became a federal holiday? I'm trying to remember. Okay, all right. And so some of you might have the day off tomorrow in observation of that. Some of you, uh, you already told me you very much do not have the day off tomorrow uh, for that. Um, but don't be surprised if your bank is closed or your mail doesn't come or something like that. It's because it's a holiday, a new federal holiday celebrating the end of slavery and uh, specifically that news making it uh, to Texas and to some people who should have been freed already but, of course, the people who were owning those slaves said, uh, well, not till you make us. And so it wasn't until the army showed up and made, you know, read the proclamation and let them know this is going to be enforced that they finally uh, let go of uh, the people they had been enslaving. So um, this, um, that has me, I think that's kind of in, the, in my mind connecting with one of the scriptures that we had read last week that's kind of been haunting me um, since then. Uh, it's something that Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, where he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Um, and it's like, you know, the, the president had made the Emancipation Proclamation. The, the Congress had already passed the, the amendment. You know, the, the, the slaves should have been freed. Um, and these were people who said, you know, yeah, we're, we're Americans. But they weren't doing what they were supposed to do as Americans until someone showed up and... Uh, and kind of twisted their arm a little bit, right? Why do we call Jesus Lord if we're not going to do what he says? 
you know, the idea of calling someone Lord is saying, like, okay, you're in charge, right? You're my Lord. You're my master. You're the one who is directing my life. And, uh, and Jesus is realizing there are a whole lot of folks that are happy to say the words, but not so happy to follow through, to actually listen to him, to, to let him lead, to actually do, to put into practice the things that, that he teaches us. And, uh, and that can be challenging. Obviously, it's challenging for me, just like it is for anyone else, right? As like I said, it's been haunting me, not because I think about you guys, but because I think about me, you know? Where are those things, Jesus, where I might be saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor even, you know? Uh, you're my Lord. Where are those areas in my life that I might not be listening too well? Or maybe I'm listening and I've heard what he says, but I'm not following through. I'm not putting it into practice. Right after that verse in Luke chapter 6, Jesus, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and do not do what I say? And then he says, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. Right? He dug down deep, the foundation was on rock. This is someone, Jesus says, who hears my words and puts them into practice. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. He uses this little picture, and, and I, I can picture this. Can you picture this? You know, I, I, I feel like I can picture this. Someone building a house, maybe because there's so much construction that goes on, I have to drive by construction all the time, and you know, there's lots of houses and things being built in Valparaiso these days. And you, know, you drive by, and at first there's not much there, right? They've got to do all that, that just kind of prep work, and maybe there's cleanup they've got to do from the previous whatever they knocked down to build this you know, new condo or new house or whatever it is. And then at some point, they get out there and they, they do the digging deep, right? And they lay a foundation. And it's usually like kind of like basement walls and stuff, you know, because they're going to put something down under the ground. And uh, if they don't do that, you know, they always do that. You never just see like, yep, there's a grassy lot. and Oh, there's some guys like putting walls on the lot, you know. And they're just, just like laying a floor and it's just all right there. And there's no, you never see that because that would be ridiculous, right? We, couldn't, we can't even imagine doing it. Unless you're like putting up a shed or something like that in your backyard, and then you got to think like, oh, what do I put under this thing? You know, it didn't, didn't come with stuff, and you got to figure out how to put a foundation or something underneath this, this shed, right? Because you don't want it to just like blow away or slide away when there's a storm, right? Which is kind of what would happen to these houses if they didn't put a foundation under them. Jesus says, if you listen to what I say, but then don't do anything with it, it's just, it's like building a house and just setting it on the grass. When a storm comes, it's just it's going to fall apart. That kind of a life is, is not going to withstand the storms that life brings our way. But still, plenty of us find ourselves doing that. Maybe there are some areas of our life where we're happy to do what Jesus says, right? Those, those areas where Jesus is telling us to do what we already wanted to do. Right? And those are the, usually the areas that we will focus on, that we'll be happy to tell others about, that we'll be happy to focus on when somebody else doesn't do that thing, right? You know, but I'm being obedient, and they're not, and, well, of course, well, it's because it's something I already wanted to do, and Jesus is just kind of coming along and supporting me in my lifestyle and my choices, right? Uh, but then those other areas that we aren't paying attention to, that we're not following through on, those are the ones we have a tendency to kind of like push out to the side or, or say, well, that doesn't really apply to me. Or, um, and if somebody else points that out to us, that's, we get defensive, right? Uh, I'm more familiar with Jesus. He tells us a similar, very similar thing in Matthew chapter 7. 
And uh, just, just real quick, in case that bothers any of you that these stories are slightly different, you know, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the, and the early church, the earliest followers of Jesus, uh, kept all four of these. It's kind of amazing, you know. You, today, I think, if this, were, if this were happening, I think the church would have, like, consolidated and found, like, the story and, and said, you know, we don't want to keep four different accounts because they don't all agree in different places, and sometimes they tell a story a little bit differently than, than the other one. You know, John tells it a little bit differently than Luke does or whatever, and... Uh, the early church said, no, no, we're happy to keep all of these. These all give us a picture of who Jesus is. And none of us can fully capture this unbelievable experience of God becoming human and living among us and you know, taking our death and defeating it by his resurrection. The church said, we have no problem having these four different versions of the story of Jesus' life. And, um, but it can be a challenge for us sometimes. I just heard someone this last week in one of the random podcasts I was listening to uh, talking about something similar about how one of the gospel writers tells a story a little bit different than another. And, and they said, well, think for just a minute. Jesus is walking around teaching. He goes from village to village, and these guys follow him around. He must have told this story a hundred times, right? The story about the two builders. He probably didn't just tell it once. He probably told it in this village and, and then in that village. And then over there, he was talking to people and realized, like, oh, they need to hear it too. And so he probably told these things dozens of times. So we shouldn't be surprised if when one person writes it down, he writes it down the, one, the way the one the, the time that it really clicked with him, right? The time it clicked with Matthew was just slightly different than the time it clicked for Luke. But, uh, still, they're very similar. I just included it in case your brain was like, wait, is that how it goes? You could see the other, the other telling of it, where at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, what we call it, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. So we've got these two different builders, right? In Matthew, he calls them wise and foolish, you know, either building on a rock or on the sand. And In Luke, he doesn't call them any names. He just says, look, one person dug down deep, did the hard work to make sure he was on a solid foundation when he built, and the other one just didn't even think about it. Foundation. It's probably not that that other person thought like, uh, you know, this is ideal. This, this ground's already level. I'll do it. They just started building and they just didn't think about what they were basing it on, right? Just like, frankly, I think happens to lots of us as we build our lives, right? We're just going through life, right? Trying to figure things out one day after the next day. And we, we go by what, you know, our parents maybe told us. And uh, maybe on, as we're thinking about Father's Day, maybe you had a great dad like I did. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, <laughs> he's in the room. Uh, Maybe, maybe you had a great dad and they taught you all kinds of good things. Maybe you didn't, you know. But still, the things our parents say, they, they influence us. And so you, you kind of go from what they said or from what your friends do, you know, kind of the conventional wisdom, what you see all around you or, or what the experts say. You know, we, we just kind of, we're, we're going and we're building. And sometimes we don't pause to think about what am I really basing this on? Why, why is this important to me? And why is it important that I have that kind of job or that kind of house or these kind of friends or this kind of clothes or that kind of car? Or why, why is it important to me that I spend my time this way or that I go here? Why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Sometimes, frankly, we just don't give much thought to it. We just, we're just going, right? So he tells it slightly differently, but, but the, the general idea is the same. We've got the two different alternative approaches to building a life. And uh, whether you call them wise and foolish or diligent and not so diligent. I, anyway, whatever you call these two builders, there's some things that are the same. There's some things that are different for each of them, right? So I just got three quick things, and then we're going to 
I'm going to be done early today so we can have breakfast, all right? Last week, I went just a little bit long, and uh, this week with breakfast, I'm going to make sure we don't do that. So, uh, the first one, hearing and doing. They both heard, right? This isn't a matter of somebody like, oh, if only they could hear what Jesus has to say on this. Oh, if only they would listen to what I, what I have to say. If only I could, you know, get them to pay attention. If only I could, you know, or if only they would show up at church and hear. He's talking about people who hear it. They've already heard it. They've heard what Jesus has to say. It's just one person's putting it into practice, and the other one's not. Right? It's not a matter of hearing. Hearing is important. That's where it starts, right? If someone has never heard that there's a God who loves them, we want to make sure they hit that message, right? If they've never heard that Jesus uh, gives us life in place of death, that he, can, that he walks with us, uh, that he can see us through those difficult parts of life, if they've never heard that God is like the 23rd Psalm, that God is like a good shepherd who leads us through times of refreshing and through those dark valleys that he's with us in those times, if they've never heard this, it's good. We need to make sure that we encourage our friends with the good news of what God tells us in Scripture. You know, and as people who are trying to follow Jesus, it's pretty important to like actually hear what he has to say about things, right? If we're going to follow him, we need to hear it first, and then we need to put it into practice. Whenever I, whenever I think about this, I can't help but think of this passage from James chapter 1. He gives a different, uh, different metaphor, a different image for this. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He says, you can be deceived in thinking, oh, I listened, did my job. That's all I'm expected to do is show up on Sunday, listen to Rich talk for about 20 minutes and whatever, however long he blabbed it on up there, and then, uh, and then I can go home and feel good, right? He says, no, no, you're, you're fooling yourself if you think that's, he said, you got to do what it says. Don't do what I say necessarily, okay? Just so we're clear, you know, I'm not God. I'm not some kind of prophet. I'm just a pastor trying to help us all think about this stuff, all right? So don't just listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like, which is a weird thing to say, right? I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean, forget what you look like? I forgot what color my hair was, forgot I had two eyes and a nose. What, what is he? And I'm, but what I think of is, you know, I look in a mirror just about every morning. Not just about. I look in a mirror every morning, all right, at some point, because it's right there in front of me as I brush my teeth, or I'm looking at the one in the shower as I'm shaving. You know, I'm looking at a mirror, and, it, and what I see matters because I care what you see when I'm standing in front of you, you know, or I care what other people see as I go through my day. And have you ever done the thing where you look in the mirror and you see something, and then you forget to do something about that something? Have you ever had that happen? Just me? Uh, you know, every now and then, you know, I look in a mirror, and I'm like, oh, man, I got some kind of pimple going on over here, or I got my, my hair sticking out funny over there or you know there's something in my teeth and I think oh I got to get something for that and you know while I'm looking for the little floss or the toothpick and the kids come in or I'm interrupted or something happens and I forget and then later on I catch myself in a mirror again and I'm like oh my goodness I never fixed that part of my hair that was sticking out sideways who have I talked to who's seen me like this you know every now and then it happens where you see yourself in a mirror and you walk away and you forget and he's saying that's what it's like to to listen to the word but not do anything about it. It's like, oh, God has, God has said something to me. <laughs> God has spoken. There's, there's an expectation now that I will do something with this, and I didn't. So it'd be like looking in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. But, he says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, that's talking about God's word, God's instructions, the, the way that God, the direction that God has for us to live a life, whoever looks intently into that perfect law that gives freedom, and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. 
You hear that last part? They will be blessed in what they do. It's not the person who hears it and doesn't do anything with it that's blessed. I, I, I want to say it's a, it's a blessing. It's a good thing to hear what God has to say, right? It can be encouraging to us. It can be helpful to us. But man, if we don't do anything with it, like if God is trying to encourage you to, to actually follow through and to love that kind of unlovable person in your life, and you're thinking like, okay, God, yeah, I feel like I've got what it takes to do that now. And then you don't actually do it. You don't actually reach out to that person. You don't actually go and have a conversation with them. You, you just kind of feel like you could. You feel a little better, but like the blessing isn't there. He's saying you're blessed in what you do if you, if you put into practice the things that God tells us. That's when the storms come and your life is able to, to hold together. And you don't get knocked quite off, you know, kilter like you would if you hadn't built a life on doing what what Jesus says, putting these things into practice. Or Jesus puts it just a little more simply. In John 13, he just says to his disciples, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, pretty simple. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Right? And this in John 13 is right, this is this is he's saying this right after the moment uh, where he has washed his disciples' feet. And where he has reminded them, you're not too good to serve each other. You know, they, they, were, they were there having the meal. And in that culture, normally there's a servant or somebody uh, at, the, at the host's home that, like, provides someone to wash their feet. And if there isn't somebody, then, you know, it's kind of the low man on the totem pole. It's the, it's the you know, one who joined last and has the least seniority. It's the, it's the person that, um, you know, has the lowest rank or something. That They are the ones that are supposed to pick up the bowl and go around, wash everyone's feet. Because feet were disgusting. Especially in those days where you walked everywhere with open-toed sandals. And there were, you know, Roman horses walking on the street right in front of you. Uh, you didn't want that in your house, especially near the table while you were eating. And so someone had to wash the feet, and the disciples, none of them had washed the feet, and the meal was getting ready to start, and Jesus, I feel like, kind of looks around, exasperated, like, oh, guys, are you ever going to get this? You, know, you all think you're too good to serve each other? And, and so he gets up, and he washes their feet, and he says to them, look, I've, set, I've done this as an example for you. If I, your Lord and Master, your teacher, your rabbi, if I can wash your feet, you can wash each other's feet. You're not better than your master. So if I am able to do this, you are able to do this. And as, as he follows that up, then he says, now that you know these things, not just knowing it in their head, you've experienced this. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You'll be blessed if you serve each other. You'll be blessed if you come alongside that person in need and, and you don't feel like you're too good to associate with them. You don't feel like, oh, I can't hang out with them. What will people think if they see me talking to them? Right? You can't, uh, you can't be too good to, to love your homeless neighbor or your addicted neighbor or your gay neighbor or whoever it might be. You got to say, look, God loves you and I love you too. And how can I help? What do you need? Like we were talking last week about carrying each other's burdens, right? It's the difference between hearing and doing. One person in Jesus' story, they both hear it. But only one person puts it into practice. All right. Second one is building and foundations. Right? They both built a house. I mean, both of them, that's, that's where I don't want to call like the one person diligent and the other person lazy or something because, you know, I've only done a little bit of building a house with our work with Habitat, right? And we're going to have opportunity to do that again later this year, okay? They're going to be building another house in Valparaiso later this year, and we're going to have a chance. If you haven't ever gotten to do that, we're going to have two or three or maybe four days where teams from our church will go and help build a house for someone. Um, and so I've only done a very little bit of construction, Right? Uh, just for a few hours on one day. 
And it's not easy, right? Um, and so both of these people did the hard work of building a house. But only one gave thought to the foundation. Only one made sure that the, it was on a solid you know, foundation, solid footing for this house. The other one just kind of just ran with it. And, and Jesus in his story says, you know, they use, he used the word rock, saying he put, laid the foundation on rock, dug down deep, made sure he's building, building his house on something solid. And I think of us and the lives that we build. Are we building our lives on something solid, something unshakable, something that will, that will be there no matter what, something that we can depend on? And I was thinking of the Psalms and how often the psalmist uses that word rock to describe God. He says, you're, you're my, my rock, my refuge, my fortress. Um, repeatedly through the Psalms. If you just put that in your Bible app, just the word rock and see where it shows up, right? There's going to be lots of them in the Psalms where he describes God as being this rock, as being this safe place, as being this one I can depend on, that when, when the world is being shaken, God is stable, God is faithful, God is dependable. Where fathers may fail us, where kids may fail us, mothers may fail us, you know, where, where others may fail us, God does not. Now, it doesn't mean that God always does what we want, right? I was just talking with one of you earlier uh, about a friend of yours who's gone through really difficult times and gone through some major health things and, and has felt like, God, what, what's the deal? <laughs> what's going on, right? I've been, I've been faithful to you all these years, and now you're not coming through. What's, what's, what's the deal? As in those months, I feel like David experiences that same thing. In some of those same psalms where he's talking about God being that rock and being that refuge, He's going through great difficulty, and he's crying out to God, saying, God, I need your help. And, and sometimes I feel like he's almost like reminding himself. In fact, he pretty explicitly reminds himself. You know some of those psalms that say, uh, like, bless the Lord, O my soul? You know, he's talking to himself. He's saying, hey, me, self, bless God. Hey, self, don't forget what God's done for you, right? He's reminding himself of God's faithfulness in the past, reminding himself that God is a, is a rock that can be depended on. And I was thinking, especially of this last verse of Psalm 19 uh, that I put there in your notes, uh, because this is one that kind of floats around in my memory and floats around in my mind. It's one that I memorized evidently as a kid. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's this prayer saying, like, I, I want my life to be pleasing to you. From the, the thoughts that I think and the things that I dwell on to the... To the, the Thing, words that I say, the life that I live, not just the inside of me, but the outside of me too, God. I want it to be pleasing to you. You are my rock. You are my redeemer. If we build our lives on Christ, on listening to him and putting it into practice, putting into practice what he teaches us, following him, trusting him, then we find that we've got what we need. We, we have the, the resources to make it through those difficult times. So I've got just a little prayer here that uh, adapted from Psalm 19. It's, if you read Psalm 19, you'll see we kind of took bits of it and then skipped some bits of it. And I want us to pray this prayer together, to read this together. Can we do that? It's, it's in your notes. It's on the screens. Uh, let's, let's, let's pray this. The heavens declare your glory, O God. The skies proclaim the work of your hands. Day after day, night after night, they speak of you. Your instructions are perfect, refreshing the soul. Your decrees are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Your rules are right, giving joy to the heart. 
Your commands are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Forgive us, Lord, our hidden faults, and keep us from those deliberate sins that would rule us and ruin us. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Right in, right in the middle of there. You know, it starts out saying, God, you have provided this beautiful world. It speaks of your, of your goodness, of your grace. Day, day and night, your creation is, is amazing. Thank you for this. And then it moves to thanking God for his word, for his instructions. And, and it's, it's there in your notes. You know, your instructions are perfect, refreshing the soul. They're trustworthy, making wise the simple. Your rules are right, giving joy to the heart. Your commands are radiant, giving light to the eyes. How is it that you think these, his instructions, decrees, rules, commands, how is it that they have all these positive impacts? It's not just hearing them, right? It's saying, you know what, God, I'm going to put these things into practice. These things that you have taught, these things that you have said. And as we put these things into practice, as we follow his instructions, our souls are refreshed. As we listen to his decrees, we, we, he makes us wise, even though we're simple, right? As we follow his rules, we our hearts are filled with joy. As we obey his commands, we find our eyes enlightened, that we can see the world more clearly. It's as we put these things into practice that God has taught us that we find that we are building our life on a, on a secure foundation. Right? And so it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a, well, I prayed a prayer. I'm following Jesus. I'm going to go to heaven when I die. You know, that's, that's a good start. You know, it's important. We confess our sins to him. We acknowledge that we need him. We begin to follow Jesus. We begin to listen to him. And as he speaks, as the Spirit of God makes Scripture come alive, as we hear him leading us, we follow where he leads. And day after day, night after night, as we put these things into practice, we, we find our, our life being built on something solid. We find that God is dependable. Even in those difficult times, when, when the rug is pulled out from under us, we find that God is there. Because we've been putting into practice over the, the days and the weeks and the months leading up to that difficult time, we've been, we've been trusting God. And God has been faithful so that in those dark times, we know, okay, God, I know you're there. Even though I don't feel it right now, even though you're not answering my prayers the way I want you to, I know that you're there. So they both built, but only one made sure it was on a solid foundation of obedience to the commands of Christ. And then the third one is the storms and the outcomes. They both faced storms, didn't they? We will all face storms. We will, this is what life is, right? There will be times uh, where the sirens go off and you got to huddle in your basement or in your bathroom or whatever. Did you all have that experience? Was that last week? Is this, was that this past week? Yeah. I was like, man, the sky turned a funny color and everything, and thankfully there were no, you know, there were some people said, oh, yeah, I saw clouds twisting, but none of, them, none of them came down. None of them destroyed anything. We didn't have a tornado sighting around here, as far as I know, anyway. Um, but, man, storms come, right? Difficulties smack us in the face. And in those times, we want to make sure we have already been, you know, building our life right on a solid foundation, because if we haven't, Jesus says, boy, that's a foolish thing to do. To just go through life because the storm is coming. And I, I think sometimes we just kind of think, well, everything will be fine. And it's like we assume there won't be any storm, right? 
You know, storms hit other people. <laughs> but when the storm hits us, and it always will, at some point, a storm will hit, you want to make sure that you're connected to the God who rules the storm, right? You're connected to the, to the Christ who was able to stand up in the boat with his disciples and say to the wind and the waves, peace, be still, and bring peace in the midst of a storm. If we want our life to be unshakable, I think, is that how it, is that how it was put? Yeah. In Luke, he said, when a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built on a secure foundation. I want my life to be unshakable. When I face the storms, I want, to, I want to have built a life of trusting in God and obedience to Christ so that I've already practiced it. I already know what to do. I already know how to lean on God through the, through the storm because I've been leaning on him day after day, night after night. Jesus said um, later in John's gospel, to his disciples, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, you will have trouble. That's just how life is. And he's telling them, he's like, especially if you follow me, you'll have trouble. It doesn't mean you'll have less trouble. It means you'll have more, okay? Because you're going to have opposition from the evil one. You're going to have opposition from people who are challenged by the life that you're living. And, you know, that challenges them. Then maybe I should be living more generously or I should be living, you know, more graciously. Or, you know, this person, they annoy me. They're, you know. He says, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He is the one who can bring peace in the midst of a storm. He is the one who brings life where there's death. Jesus is that secure foundation we can build our lives upon. And just as a side note, when your life doesn't fall apart in the midst of something, that means you now are able to be one of the helpers that helps others, right? This doesn't just impact your life. This impacts all the lives that are impacted by your life, right? Those people that count on you, you're going to be able to be strong for them because you know, you've got a, you're standing on a secure foundation. You're going to be able to reach out and lift someone else up. You're going to be able to provide that encouragement, to provide that help. Because your life is unshakable. The people around you who are being shaken are going to be able to draw strength and help from you. We depend on each other, right? We, we, we need each other. None of us are an island. None of us uh, are a rock ourselves. Is that how the song goes? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not the rock. Right? Jesus is the rock. <laughs> I'm going to build my life on him. So when the storm comes, uh, my life doesn't fall apart. And I can help those around me. Well, let's, um, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray. We're going to celebrate communion. And then we're going to eat. All right? Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for uh, telling us these stories, Jesus that give us a picture to think about the life we live and the choices we're making and, and the kind of life that we're building. We, we don't want to be foolish, but we admit that often we are. We, we get caught up in uh, everything that people around us are doing. If we find ourselves building a life that is trying to keep up with the, the lives around us, we're just kind of going with the flow, we're doing what people do, and we realize we've just given no thought so what's at, the, what's at the foundation of this life? Jesus, today you are, you are inviting us to give thought to this, to reflect on why we do the things we do, 
You're inviting us to think, am I just saying the religious words? Am I just hearing the sermons and the scriptures? Or am I putting into practice what you tell me to do, Lord? Are you truly Lord of my life? Am I really listening and obeying? God, I, I have no doubt that for each one of us, there is some area of our life that you could put your finger on today, and maybe you already are by your Holy Spirit's presence among us. I have no doubt that there's some area in our life that you could, you could put your finger on and say, uh, here's, here's one. Remember what I said? Remember what you've heard? You know what you should be doing here. Let's, let's start doing it. God, as, as you point these things out to us, would you help us to trust you that by your Holy Spirit, you will give us what we need to do what you call us to do. You'll give us the courage. You'll give us the strength. You'll give us the grace. You'll give us the patience. You'll give us the humility, whatever it might be. Help us, God. Help us to trust and follow you, to put into practice the things that you teach us. For our sake, yes, <laughs> We want our souls to be refreshed. We want to be made wise. We want to have hearts filled with joy. We want to have eyes that are enlightened, all those things that Psalm 19 talked about. We, we want to be blessed in what we do, but not just for our own sake, God, but for the sake of the world around us, for the sake of the people in our lives. God, would you help us to, to be the people you created us to be, to trust you enough to build our lives on obedience to you so that we can be as useful as possible in your hands so that we can partner with you in all the different ways you invite us to to share your grace with those around us to help those around us indeed to rejoice with those who rejoice to mourn with those who mourn to comfort the afflicted sometimes to, to speak truth to power to, to, to stand up for those who are being stood on God please Help us to live a life built on you so that we will have the ability so that we can be even more useful, helpful, a part of your work here in the world. Thank you, God. Thank you for being that unshakable foundation for us. Your love. We don't have to wonder, God, if today you love us. We don't have to wonder if we've done something that's too heinous for you to forgive. God, we can trust in your love today. Thank you for showing us this love in the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you for this sacrament of holy communion where we get to uh, remember and celebrate this gift of love that you've given us in him. We offer to you these simple gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Holy Spirit's presence here among us, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We remember, Jesus, that you held nothing back, but you gave all of yourself to us. So today we give all of ourselves to you. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that we might be transformed, that we might be changed. We admit to you, God, our need of your grace, our need of change. We have not loved you with our whole hearts, souls, minds, strength. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Please forgive us, God. Thank you. Thank you for 
reassuring us time and time again in your word that if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful, you are just, you forgive us our sins, you cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the guilt, the shame, gone. The, the brokenness, you, you heal it. The death that we had brought on ourselves, you, you took it, Jesus, and in exchange you give us your life. So please, would you shine your light into our darkness today? Would you help us to, to see a life in front of us that is hopeful, that is good, a life filled with your Holy Spirit, a life where we can actually put into practice the things you teach us. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, Doug and Mary are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread, dip it in the juice and eat it, and return to your seats. We've got the regular bread. We've got the little gluten-free wafers. We've got the little cups uh, that you can take back to your seat and peel them back and get to them. Or or if you aren't comfortable coming and joining the procession, uh, then we've got those on the tables as well. And as we sing, uh, you can can get to those and, and take the bread and take the juice. This is open to all of us who are hungry for God's grace today, all of us who are accepting his invitation to come to him to receive his grace and his life. So let's give thanks and let's celebrate.
our happy hearts will quiver with the melody of peace. And yes, we'll gather at the river, the beautiful, the beautiful river. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for inviting us to gather to receive from you the grace, the forgiveness, the life that we need. Please, would you, would you fill us with your spirit so that as we go, we might go as, uh, as people full of grace to give to others, as people full of love to share. Thank you, God. And please, bless our time together for those of us able to stay for the meal. Help us to enjoy it and bless those who made it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.